Not a word was spoken. The church bells all were broken. And the three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they caught the last train for the coast. The day the music died, and they were singing. Bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, "This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die." They were singing, "Bye." Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And we are here once again. It is the day after Pentecost. I'm yes. sure most of you are hungover from all your big Pentecost celebrations, <laughs> drunk on the spirit. Yeah, yeah. I once was in a storefront church in Philadelphia, and small Pentecostal church, and there was a nurse who was, you know, like an ecclesial nurse. I mean, she was in white. I don't know if nursing was her actual... Wait a minute, Professional. what's an, an ecclesial nurse? People that are just there, to, I guess they have, some of them are nurses or nurses. They're there to like basically, I don't know, in case somebody's... Oh, has, right, the caretakers at the yeah, altar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. when the people the, fall over. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so she was like, she was taken aback in a Pentecostal experience. She's like, I'm drunk in the spirit. I'm drunk in the spirit. I was like, is somebody taking her keys? <laughs> Does she get to walk home? I shifted walk home or like what's, I mean... I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Are you? Uh, if you're drunk in the spirit, can you drive? Yeah, yeah. Or do you drive better? Because if the spirit is the means for full human actualization in the best sense of the word, then maybe you drive better. You just like in Star Wars, the first Star Wars, you just let go of the wheel and let the force bring you home. Yes. He switched off his targeting computer. <laughs> so I would not, but uh, don't try this at home. No, don't try. Without a clear anointing of the Holy Spirit, confirmed by two to three witnesses. Call us. <laughs> we'll give you a, we'll say, hey, just hold up the phone to the phenomenon and we'll judge it. <laughs> we like will. car talk. They speak, hold the phone up to the carburetor. You just do that. You hold the phone up to the uh, the spiritual phenomenon in question. And yeah, there we go. Address it, assess it, and render our verdict. Can we play like can we play the Ghostbusters theme as we're going? No job is too big. No fee is too big. <laughs> no, but uh, it was a great day to celebrate uh, the. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, this is. Did you wear red? You had a red tie on. Cause I had I a red tie on. I, I had red pants and red glasses on. I do not have an adequate red shirt. I think actually the thing to do would have been to wear a white shirt. But I chose not to, and wore blue. And yeah, so. and a white shirt and red tie on. So yeah, Thanks. yeah, we had actually did we did some extra music. We um, I actually have these Pentecostal glasses on still. They're red for the. Um, I feel the power. I hope so. Yeah, I try. There was a song. They are fully prescription. There was a song we we're going to use by a new this band, Sweet Spirit, called "I Feel the Power." It's a pretty amazing song, but doesn't really fit in. And no, which, it's very intense though. Very intense. It's pretty cool. By the way, <clears throat> we are considering. Doing a contest for our theme song, right? <clears throat> now I've actually written a set of lyrics, which you do you like or not like? I do like. All right, well, I anyway. like them as much as I like anything. That's true. That's true. 
I like everything. I, I think they're catchy. I think they're, they're just there. We just watered down that compliment. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> well, I think they're catchy. Well, anyway, no. I threw, well, I just threw some words together. It was a. Uh, it was just a kind of a burst of creative things. But and you don't have to use these words. But we're thinking about throwing it out there um, that if you write the music to this and come up with a theme song for us. Uh, then we will certainly plug your band and your act. Uh, we're going to go after some Philly locals, but we know that a number of you who are musicians listen to us. So we will uh, we'll get those lyrics out there. Again, you don't have to use them, uh, but if you choose to use them as a base and come up with... But uh, think sitcom, though, because we'd have to have, like... We could have a full version, but like Friends. Like, the, you know, the intro is like 35 seconds long, so we'd have to have a condensed version that actually summarize the podcast, what we do, and let in. But then we could have a longer version, like the Ramones had. The Ramones did the Friends theme song, right? No, I don't, it wasn't the Ramones. Who did it? I don't know. Like, uh, that's not who it was. So. No, it wasn't the Ramones. It was uh, not the Ramones. I don't know. I don't think it was Ramones. That doesn't sound like their style at all. Friends. Well, no, yeah. Keep, and, keep our listeners. And we'll need bridge. Me. We'll need a bridge. We you, we could have variations of the theme. You're thinking situation comedy. I'm thinking of the opening theme to uh, The Last of Bohemians. <laughs> yeah, no. It's too long. <laughs> we have a little too The Rembrandts. I'm sorry, the Rembrandts. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking the Rembrandts. Because it's both, it's consonants. R. R. Yeah. R. Anyway. So anyway, we will post those lyrics. Or we'll, no, I'll tell you what. We'll send What did Blackbeard die of? Hardening uh, of the arteries. Oh, my goodness. At any rate. We what will, did you study it, in college? Oh, don't. Art history. Yeah, right. I love this. Pirate jokes. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. My one son said he always wanted to be a pirate. And now he is one of the managers of a restaurant that is a restored ship. To be a sh- <laughs> the Mushu. The Mushu. Mushu. Yeah, down Mushu. on Delaware Ave. If you go down there. There are uh, places in West Africa that is literally the aspiring job for like Somali and like uh, other countries and both sides of Africa that people want to be pirates. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, I mean, that's like what you do. I mean, you try to, this is like that movie with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. That didn't turn out too well for them. No, but you give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Captain so, Blood was a great <laughs> pirate movie. Errol Flynn. Yes. There we go. There we go. Um, so if you're interested, uh, Send us an email or text. Maybe we'll just post your Could, proposed lyrics. Yeah, on the on the uh, Facebook page. Which right. We don't post enough on. No, we could do. One. I don't post enough on any Facebook thing I manage outside of my personal site. Getting better on that. Well, it's kind of you. You follow the advice of uh, one of Putin's advisors. He was being interviewed, and he goes, <laughs> "Well, our you know, our president reads books and stays away from social media." Okay, that's those are I like those. <laughs> I like those attributes. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that's uh, – we're working on that. Uh, yeah, we're feeling like as much as we like using the pop music, we're kind of getting at the stage of our listenership that we need to stop doing We're thinking we, we don't want to get sued, A. Number B, B. we don't want to get sued. B, we don't get sued. And C, I think, you know, maybe continuity. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe no. like give us a, like a – you know, like a theme song, like a kind of, you know, an intro. Because if you're a new listener, it's hard to get figure out what we're doing. We don't really tell anybody what we're doing. Right. We don't really tell each other what we're doing. No, it's plausible deniability. It's, exactly. We don't yeah. really – some days neither of us know what we're doing. Yeah. It is bright in here, though. It is bright. And I think it's fitting that our first podcast 
about uh, it's about the Holy Spirit with all this light and fire. Light, in here. light, illumination, fire. Although they are, these are the halogen. The, these are the bulbs that uh, took away everyone's freedom. Remember when they instituted these regulations? You had to have the the ecologically safe bulbs. Yeah. These bulbs are the these bulbs are the enemy of freedom. Do you feel less free? Don't you feel constrained by these bulbs? Bill? You know, of all the things that are threatening my freedom right now, these bulbs are not on the top of <laughs> the list. They're lovely. They're lovely. It is bright in here. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely changed the vibe of the. It is very scene. nice. Yeah. So back to Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah. You know, uh, I, uh, as you know, as you f- frequently uh, observe, I have a very diverse. Religious background. Yes, and theological pedigree. Yeah, uh, which is another way of just saying I'm a mutt. I like that. Mutts are healthier. Yeah, there we go. They, they did. I mean, pure, no, I know that. Purebred dogs are, it's, you know, it's just like uh, the royal family. You got you to gotta spread the genes around a little bit. You get healthier. <laughs> Straighter teeth, better features. There we go. That probably says a lot about why my particular line of <laughs> we've survived exactly you yeah. got the uh, you yeah. got robust we have robust mixed DNA. genes yeah but at any rate um you know so i spent a time among uh the uh charismatics uh you know it's interesting uh bill iverson who actually um i think his father wrote the little spirit of the living god that was his father wrote that he was a fascinating guy the church planning i think he did it with the pca but uh he really wasn't a— That would be the Presbyterian Church in America. America but he really wasn't Which not. is one of the Presbyterian denominations that in 20 years could still exist. Yeah. It's well, possible. And they're conservative Westminster Catechism guy. But he was this interesting guy to church planning. Uh, uh, my friend Don Baker, who listens to the show, um, he worked you know, at a youth ministry in, in, uh, outside of Newark with him. He's just a fascinating guy. Back one time, I was listening to him speak among a small group, and he had to stop speaking because Eldridge Cleaver was on the phone, wanted to talk to him. <laughs> so he was trying to he was trying to disciple Eldridge Cleaver. Uh, interesting guy, um, but he, he I always remember him. He called the uh, charismatics the happy people. I like that. Yeah, it was. It was friendly, and he and he used to say, you know, talking about the reformed tradition. He says we have all these. We have all this doctrinal track. We have miles and miles and miles of all kinds of wonderful track that we've laid. We just don't have any engines to run on the track. And he says the happy people, the charismatics, they have all kinds of engines. They got big engines, fast engines. They just don't have any track to run the trains on. And part of his whole point was, you know, bringing together a theological foundation and yet an appreciation for the. Uh, active principle of the Holy Spirit. Of course, and he was saying this in the, this was early 80s, so the charismatic movement at that point was really had moved from being kind of an ecumenical movement, was forming among its own denominations, its own groups, and had, was already kind of morphing into something that some of the excesses, which you know happened later with the TV ministries and such, were beginning to happen. But I thought that was, I've always remembered that. And, and my you know, the, the couple of years I spent going to a charismatic church never, you know, never quite fit in there. But then that would be my experience everywhere I've been. So I, I'm not blaming that on them. <laughs> but I always appreciated their uh, passion, their generosity. You know, I was a Young Life Area director. And, man, we, we were poor. We were a poor Young Life Area. And they would come up. They didn't have any money, but they'd take up love offerings. They cared. They took their faith seriously. They were a lot of people whose lives— 
had been turned around. Again, a, a good friend of mine down in Chester has a charismatic Pentecostal church. And I mean, that early incarnation, that church was full of recovering drug addicts and prostitutes whose lives were dramatically changed because of the Lord. Matter of fact, the pastor, Bishop Dickie Robbins, he— That's such a great name. He is, he's a great guy. But he got out of Chester and said, I'm never going back. You know, hated, he told me, man, we, he, the, we were maybe the second time we had lunch. He goes, you know, I hate, hated white people. And then the Lord saved me. Who, do, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> who and, doesn't? And, really? and he had a powerful experience of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And it changed him. And he went back to Chester and to minister and was a great, um, really has a heart to try to cross racial boundaries. So, a couple of weeks ago in Bill Maher, I've— Neil deGrasse Tyson and Cornell West were both panelists, and they were, they were, it, it, they got in a really interesting intellectual exchange. On Bill Maher, Bob? yeah, yeah, it, it was, wasn't last week. No, they it was were last on. week. It was two weeks ago. And, <laughs> and, and I mean, actually, like Bill like Cornell West was sort of citing Neil deGrasse Tyson's essay over and against Bill Maher at one point because Bill Maher was critiquing Neil deGrasse Tyson for going to wanting to go to Mars, and we just need to care about the Earth and. And they got in this really interesting intellectual exchange, and Bill Maher goes, "All right, all right, slow down, keep it, keep you know, the, you're losing, <laughs> keep it simple for the white people here." <laughs> it's so funny because yeah. they were they're pretty high level intellectual. They are very smart, level. although Bill Maher needs to maybe watch his tongue. Not maybe. Yeah, I think he should, white people comedians should never use the n word. That's the thing. It, that's just it doesn't work. It's not uh, no, you know period. White right, people, exactly. period. Exactly. White people, white period. Media, white people shouldn't use it. You're right. But at the same time, it, like you're working live and Don't. It, it's hard to work live. Uh, yeah. Well, then you so should, I'm just saying you he, should be careful. he apologized. Yeah. Right? They pulled it out of the – they're not going to air that anymore. But I think at some point context matters and this is a guy that's not uh, a person that has been quiet on issues of Black Lives Matter or things like that. No. He, he made a, he he. It was bad. It was it, it was insensitive. It was inappropriate. But at the same time, I don't want to like you know. It's he's not Mel Gibson, okay? Like he's not running around. No, like, no, of you know, course not. He's, I know. Yeah. So I just think people are no. It's an it's, a, it's an example though of even the most progressive people don't fully understand their. And it was weird when Ben Sass says you could come work in the fields with us in Nebraska. Is Ben Sass working a lot of fields? <laughs> he's not. I know, he's, it just the whole know, thing was I, weird. Yeah, I like Ben. Sass. I hope he's real. I hope he's real. I, you know, I don't agree with his politics, but he seems to be a good guy. I hope he really is one. That's all I can say. I hope he is. But anyway, we we digress. We digress. So anyway, those days with the Pentecostals, I you know, even though theologically, I ultimately uh, that was not my home. I have a lot of appreciation for. Um, kind of reminding the rest of us that there is a third person of the Trinity, which sometimes it's easy to forget. They may talk about the Trinity, the Holy Spirit too much, but the rest of us tend not to at least be attentive to the third person of the Trinity as much as we should be. Well, that's, I think that's absolutely the case. And uh, I was reading something that Jeffrey Wainwright wrote about the Holy Spirit and the Cambridge Companion to Christian Doctrine. And he talks about Leslie Newbigin's book, The Household of God, which is excellent. For anybody that's not read it, it's, a, it's, a, it's not that long. It's a, it's a guy that's been a missionary and humanist his whole life and writing about and, and had a passion for the hope of real, visible, organic unity of the Christian church. 
And he talked about, at the end of the book, um, the emergence. And he's writing this in like the middle of the century. The emergence, like I think in the 50s, emergence of this third type in his book, The Household of God, um, alongside what he thought was the one understanding of the church that was predominant, the congregation of the faithful, which he thought was character, characteristically Protestant. And then another understanding of the church, the body of Christ, which he thought was characteristically Roman Catholic. And then he said that alongside this, we see this community of the Holy Spirit. Or And he actually used the word Pentecostal, I think, before anybody was using that word. And he wasn't – he's just kind of using it. Like right. he's thinking about – and this sort of community of the spirit, and then he talks about the complementarity and the properly Trinitarian coherence of all of these models. And actually, he concludes that book saying what unites all three is the need for justification by faith because of all of their imbalances and yet truths alongside of, of each other. And so it's a very interesting – well, yeah, you know, and it's 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 this idea, you know. Again, anytime you talk about the Trinity, you're almost always going to become say something heretical. So. Speak for yourself. All right, all right, I will. <laughs> ben Myers, great. He's one of the, probably the best theological original blogger from Australia. Br- really sharp theologian. He did these like fifty tw- tweets on uh, the Trinity or something, and he said, "All right, you've got a great Trinitarian analogy you've just made up. Wonderful." And this next tweet was, no, don't tell it to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I I think I've mentioned I've been having an ongoing conversation with um, a person who comes out of a monotheistic religion who's searching. And um, one of the biggest things she keeps asking about is the Trinity. So how do I try to explain the Trinity? And also I found myself – with um, when I, you know, I do a kids kids talk. You know, many I I don't call it sermon, but a little mini kids talk every Sunday, and you know, so it was interesting. This week converged on talking. How do you talk about the Trinity? How do you talk about the Spirit? And I think you you know, uh, one of the ways that is helpful to think about the Spirit for me is this imminent the imminence of God. You know, even from the beginning, uh, the uh, guy of the idea of the Spirit of God hovering over the uh, uh, over the uh, Tohu Abohu. Um, again, I know it's the, such a great name for yeah, a band, the Tohu Abohu. Tohu Abohu. And now, everybody, here we go. Let's put your hands together for Tohu Abohu. And we start with the bass. Boom, boom, boom. You know, just yeah. a lot of rhythm. Or, <clears throat> or like a, a djembe, yeah. something. Anyway, but um, so obviously that you know we hold it. All, all of the Trinity is present in all the, you know, each other's works. But I do think this idea of if if the Father helps us remember the transcendence of God, uh, if Christ helps us remember the humanity of God, then the Spirit helps uh, remind us of the eminence of God. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple ways I think we could frame it. Uh, yeah, so one thing I think... I think Stacy Johnson says this in his book on Karl Barth, but I'm sure other people have said – maybe it's original to him. But if you think of the first person, God the Father, you, there, there's God for us. The sense of, of not just a naked creator or being – but like a God that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that yeah. takes up Israel's cause, that takes up the cause of God. Who has willed from eternity to be God for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the incarnation, although you see, you could argue things like the Shekinah point to it, like, but it goes beyond God for us to God with us. 
And I think you could say the Spirit is something like God in us. I mean, it, and, and the New Testament talks about this. And the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible looks forward to this when this, it, it, where there was, it's almost the Torah would become an internal subjective reality as opposed to an, an external objective reality. That If the Torah's purpose was to teach us to love God and one another, that somehow there'd be a new day when this spiritual reality would take root in us and, 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 and Torah would pour out. And so, yeah, that, like the Joel passage really yeah. is what that's about, that uh, everyone everyone would be a prophet. Right. And yeah. so I think, I mean, I think that's definitely a window into it. The other, the other thing is I think that the spirit is, I, I almost want to think of it like, God coming to us back for, or forward back whatever from the future or to like there's a sense in which the where all of creation is intended to go is where God is all in all and the spirit is the manifestation of that direction like when people you know when we say that people are like Luther's great phrase sima justus et peccator or at the same time sinner and saint our saintliness, our moments where we reflect less of humans, humanity's wilderness wanderings east of Eden and more like the direction going on towards a city that has real foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I, the spirit is the agent of that, of that kind of activity when people – walk from the out of the shadows into the light that somehow there's this sense in which the spirit is bringing about subjectively what the objective work of Christ does if Christ is, gives us victory over the things that tyrannize and trample down human life the spirit is what makes that real in the here and now yeah and real within us you know the fruits of the spirit love joy peace Patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. The fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Singular. Yeah. But it, Jonathan but, Edwards made up a word. That I think he made up this word in his sermon on that text in Galatians. He said, there's a concomitance yeah. that those things are – because there's some people, right, that are peaceable that are just afraid of conflict. So, right, right. you know, but they're not joy, joyful. Not low. So – on some level, what, what now again the the growing up Edwards argues isn't all at the same level, but there's but somehow the, there's some measure of them coming together. Yeah, you know, and uh, in, a, in my sermon uh, yesterday, I said that you know, sometimes we we uh, accuse it of being a mark of hypocrisy that when we gather together as as Christians, we put our best face forward. But I was, you know, thinking of this, you know, this congregation I'm working with now. We're trying to, um, you know, reinvigorate, and uh, it's kind of a redevelopment project. And uh, there's a lot of love in this congregation. And the great thing about a smaller church, as opposed to, have, you know, I've pastored larger churches, is that you literally miss people when they're not there. You you really you're, you're less than. And then. To me, I was reflecting. Some people. You miss some people. <laughs> no, I miss them all. And I reflected on that, that I think sometimes when I think about over the history, this made me think about how come some people are problematic in and of themselves, I think, in the history of people that have been problematic in churches that I've worked with. But yet, when often when they come together, they have a great service they provide the whole church. 
isolated, they can be problematic. You find the right place where they can really flourish in a congregation, the right ministry, the right gift, the right way that they can feel important and useful, then they become a great asset. And I think, to me, that's part of the ministry of Holy Spirit. Uh, yes, we all are flawed. Yes, the church has done horrible things to many people, and including some of you and uh, uh, yours truly. And I, you know what? And I've made mistakes uh, in the context of church. I've hurt other people. That's, that's part of the human condition and part of the human nature of the body of Christ. But you know what? Um, I've seen amazing things that don't get publicized, that are quiet. That's always been the thing I loved about my position because I know a lot of things that happen, good things that no one else has ever known. And to me, the two or th- when two or three are gathered together, the Spirit of Christ is there. The fact that um, we actually sometimes do reflect uh, the image of Christ. I think that is a manifestation of the fact that we are the temple. We all, you all, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's plural. You all mean the church to get gathered is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I, that gives me great comfort. It's part of the reason I still do this work. Yeah, and I actually think, too, that, that that's part of the internal sensibility of the gospel in that I think that the moments where, you know, like Paul says, it's not I, but Christ that lives in me, you know, like, like so I think the, when people ask about the shortcomings of Christian religious communities, well, yeah, that's who we are. I mean, we're, we're, we're people that we're not, the church is an original sin free zone where people become an altogether different sort of creature than indwells, you know, the school board or the corporate board or, the institutions that are necessary for human life and often bring us great goods that we're thankful for, but also can be complicated and and and, and life draining rather than life giving. But also, we're more than that. Like you know, the, the church is more than what you what a sociologist can observe, or more than an on a skeptical set of lenses can observe. Although what they can observe is real. Yeah, but there are also things that uh, are gifts that 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 happen that are extraordinary and are actually down payments on a reality that God promises to bring when He is all in all, uh, yeah. And, yeah. and and the work of, of of Jesus is finished. And so I think on some level, we we sort of I think for the work of the Spirit we praise the Spirit, and I think for the work of our flesh, we repent and <laughs> are humble. Right. You know, and I, I think the Spirit is, is, a, is in part not only the comforting um, hand of God, but I think it's the disruptive, disruptive hand of God as well. I mean, um, we can't, you know, the Spirit blows where it wants to blow. It goes where it wants to go, as Jesus Tells Nicodemus in that remarkably confusing conversation. It's funny. We only ever talk about for God to love the world because it's a remarkably confusing conversation. It's rich, and there's a lot there in John chapter 3. But part of that is, you know, God's freedom is, is, is present in the work of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes whether we like it or not, that freedom raises its head in the life of the church. It is a, uh, glorious, disruptor. And I think uh, um, 
most of us in most churches, even the ones that feel pretty good about themselves, probably need more disruption sometimes than they realize. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, I think, if you look at the storyline of the Bible, it, after the first 11 chapters, it, everything where you're getting the whole sort of meta prehistory of the cosmos, it, it gets really particular and focuses on one couple and then one family and then one kind of clan and, and tribe of people and then a nation. And within that nation, there are three people that mostly get the spe- these dispensations of the spirit, the prophets, priests, and kings. I mean, even Moses says, I wish everybody could be a prophet. Like, I wish everybody had the spirit. And yet there's this sort of widening of the circle. And most of the time, the spirit comes and goes. And I found a passage today where it says it rested on David. But it, it, you still get this sense in which with David, it's, there's a lack of complete constancy. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think we would all yeah. – I think uh, his life affirms that, yes. <laughs> it, but yeah, there's these prophets that are hoping always for the universal pouring out of this. And in Jesus, the spirit rests and doesn't stop. Like it doesn't – never leaves. Uh, and Jesus is raised in the spirit. And so I think – and then there's this sense in which the, the hope uh, that the church is – at least in its gifted, spirit-filled days, a foretaste of, is where everybody's a prophet, a priest, and a king. Everybody shares in that kind of manifestation of the life-giving, illuminatory, illuminating, revelatory power of the living God. And so I think that that, the the story is always one that, I think the, the scandal of, I think, Christian sensibility is that it's like, well, why would God choose to work with just these people at this time or just the, or in this place? Why, you know, especially in the age where YouTubing in a million viewers, like why? Would, <laughs> but the particular is always for the universal and the universal is the spirit, which is yeah. binding together things which are particular and, and other in the sense of they're not exactly the same, but then they can share a kind of unity, which is where which well, we all long for, right? We all long to right. be individuals and yet to know and be known and, and to be one without losing who we are, but not to be an island. And I think that is the work of God's spirit and what we hope is increasing and always ongoing. Yeah. You know, there's no uh, – the, the book of Ezekiel – Shows the Shekinah glory of God leaving the temple. Don't you have some commentaries on Ezekiel? Uh, yeah, they're coming. They're, they're coming to me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, in the rebuilding of the temple, under um, uh, initially, I guess under Zerubbabel, and uh, um, then yet you hear about it in Haggai and, and the first part of Zechariah. Neither of which you could call a band, Zerubbabel or Haggai. Yeah, in the first part of Zechariah, uh, there's no, there's no. Clear vision of the Shekinah returning to the second temple. The and Shekinah has left the building. The Shekinah has left the building. But it comes back, not to a building, but to a people on the day of Pentecost. And we are still those people. And these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Come, Holy Spirit, come. song, the joy of my heart.